Choose your game. But if you lose, you will stay here in hell. Miss. <clears throat> B. Three. Miss. C. Six. Hit. J seven hit. Yeah. I hit. You have sunk my better ship. Excellent. Yeah. I totally knew you put it in the J's, dude. Good thinking, Ted. You must play me again. What? Um, best two out of three. No way. Yes, way. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. everyone, I'm Emma and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 221, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And welcome to Verbal Diorama. Whether you are a brand new listener, whether you are a regular returning listener, whether you're just a huge fan of Wild Stallions, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. I am so happy to have you here for the history and legacy of Bill and Ted's bogus journey, or should that be bonus journey? Because this is an episode that no one knew about. This episode wasn't scheduled. It wasn't promoted. The podcast was going to have no episode this week because I'm having a week off very soon. But the story of bogus journey was too delicious to not share especially straight after Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which was last week's episode, if you missed that. And don't worry, Bill and Ted fans, we will face the music at some point in the near future, but it's not coming next week. And I apologize for that. But, you know, we had to wait a long time between Bogus Journey and Face the Music, just generally in real life. So I think you'll forgive me a little bit of time in between Bogus Journey and Face the Music. 
but this podcast will face the music at some point, I promise. So this isn't a full-sized episode. This is going to be more bite-sized episode on the story of how Bogus Journey got made, how it almost met an identical fate to Excellent Adventure, but mostly how it turned out to be most triumphant. Here's the trailer for Ben and Ted's Bogus Journey. I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now, they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. Taking in the sights. Not bad, dude! We totally knew a guy got one of those in his bucket of chicken. Making new friends. Excuse us, dude, but is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. Best two out of three. What? Enjoying the family. <laughs> no way! Invading the present. I totally possess my dad. <laughs> Battling <laughs> the future. You metal, dude! Excuse us, but your shoes are untied. <laughs> Can't believe you just mailed in death! And meeting their maker. Guy? Congratulations on Earth! Not to mention your other great planets. Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. It's the comeback of all time. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's a trip. Best of seven? Damn right! Ah, oh, dude! Left hand red. Bill and Ted's Bogus journey. The world of our distant future is a veritable utopia, thanks to the lyrics of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan and their band Wild Stallions. However, would-be conqueror Chuck Dinamolos wants change and threatens to throw history off track by sending evil robot Bill and Ted back to kill their good counterparts. Finding themselves dead, the boys must out with the Grim Reaper and traverse heaven and hell to return to the land of the living, rescue their babes, and have a most triumphant concert at the all-important Battle of the Bands. Let's run through the cast. We have returning Keanu Reeves as Ted Theodore Logan, Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire, William Sadler joins the team this time round as Death, Joss Ackland as Chuck D. Namolos, George Carlin as Rufus, Chelsea Ross as Colonel Oates, Pam Greer as Ms. Wardrone, Hal Landon Jr. as Captain Logan, and Amy Stock Poynton as Missy. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon and was directed by Peter Hewitt. So within weeks of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure opening, discussions started on a potential sequel. The original idea was your typical sequel, a retread of similar events, except this time Bill and Ted would be in their next school year failing English. And to complete their English report, 
they'd go into famous literature like Romeo and Juliet, which is ironic because I've just done an episode of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, but I digress, and Huckleberry Finn. They'd interact with the characters, so like time travel, but fictional time travel because Ben and Ted is also fictional, so it makes it kind of meta, I guess. The other idea that they had was Ben and Ted would die at the hands of evil robot Usses and end up in hell. There really is no in-between, either English report or ending up in hell. But the first idea was actually kind of non-triumphant. The idea of killing the characters seemed to open up all kinds of new possibilities and stories. The idea of a seance, of taking on death himself, in a clear homage to the Seventh Seal, of having evil versions of Bill and Ted and then creating their own good robot versions, and of course, Station. But unsurprisingly, the studio weren't keen on the idea of sending these beloved characters to hell. They mandated that the typical sequel, the retread of the events, the travelling through literature should be made. But in true Bill and Ted style, that just didn't pass muster with Bill and Ted themselves. Both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves stood behind the writers and favoured the Hell script. They made it very clear to the studio that they didn't want to do a basic retread of the first movie. They liked the idea of breaking new ground, playing evil versions of Bill and Ted, and exploring the characters in more detail, going into their histories, go a bit darker, have confrontations with Bill's granny and the Easter Bunny. They were the stars and the movie wasn't going to be made without them. Not to mention the schedule was tight and it would be difficult to do rewrites. And so, miraculously, the studio buckled. With Reeves and Winter's staunch support, Solomon and Matheson got their weird sequel and shooting was scheduled to start as soon as possible, fitting around Keanu's burgeoning career. So he'd starred in the excellent Ron Howard family comedy Parenthood, which was filmed after Bill and Ted, because I mentioned in the last episode, financial issues at Dino De Laurentiis' production company meant the movie was shelved for a year or so. Parenthood was released the same year, but 1991 was a particularly big year for Keanu Reeves, with starring roles in Point Break and My Own Private Idaho, coming out the same year as Bogus Journey. The 10-week shoot had to be delayed until the 7th of January 1991, because Reeves couldn't make it until then due to working on My Own Private Idaho. They stuck to the 10-week schedule by editing the movie as they went along, shooting five days a week and editing on Saturdays to meet Orion's mandated summer 1991 release date. While Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were on board with Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson's ideas, one person who wasn't was the original director Stephen Herrick. He was approached to direct what was then called Bill and Ted Go to Hell, but he thought the screenplay was mean-spirited and seemed to be more of a parody of a parody. Solomon and Matheson didn't want to change much in their script, and so they amicably parted ways with Herrick, who wished his replacement Pete Hewitt well. Herrick would go on to direct Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, and The Three Musketeers. Peter Hewitt was a first-time feature-length director, having only previously done a 30-minute short film called The Candy Show, but this was enough for the producers and screenwriters to give him a shot. He was honest and he wasn't afraid to speak his mind, but he loved the concept of the movie. They also needed to cast Death. And who do you cast as the Grim Reaper? Possibly Bengt Eckerot, but also William Sadler, of course. At the time, he was primarily known for taking villain roles, such as in Die Hard 2. But he had wanted to return to doing comedy, as he'd done earlier in the Broadway production of Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick. 
He loved the first movie and auditioned on tape first with a Czech accent, copied from actor Jan Triska, who Sadler had worked with previously. He was asked to audition in person, but to look the part and go to a Halloween store. He didn't do that, though. He contacted Die Hard 2's makeup artist, Scott Edo, who offered to help. Sadler showed up at his apartment the morning of the audition and Edo did authentic old age makeup. It was so believable that one of the producers remarked that he, quote unquote, looked older in person. He wasn't the only person in contention. They'd asked Christopher Lee and Christopher Lloyd, but clearly he was the best person for the role as he's embodied it ever since. Sadler also had a cameo as the Grim Reaper on a 1994 episode of Tales from the Crypt. This was before he starred in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, which is episode 66 of this podcast, by the way, and a super fun movie. I love recommending Demon Knight. Please go and watch it. It's a lot of fun. Sadler didn't make any changes to the scripted version of Death, except for the accent, but he did want to make Death needy, vulnerable and insecure. Death's journey of being beaten constantly at games, being dragged to heaven, back to earth, and then finally allowed to join the band was the scripted arc for the character. But Sadler gave him the emotional backbone. It was Sadler's idea to walk past a smoker and say, see you real soon, which the director Peter Hewitt loved, but they didn't have an actor to play the smoker. So the smoker is the director Peter Hewitt in a cameo. Kevin Yeager would be in charge of the effects, creating the creature suits, old age prosthetics and makeup effects on the movie. Yeager designed the Chucky doll for child's play, as well as the makeup for three of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Jaeger would return for the effects in Face the Music as well. Jaeger also designed Station, whose name remained a mystery until 2017, when Ed Solomon confessed on Twitter that it was a typo. They deleted a scene in the script at a police station and removed everything except the word Station. They were so drunk at the time, they kept repeating the word Station in an alien voice. And lo and behold, Station was born. Just like Excellent Adventure, a different ending was originally conceived and filmed, with Bill and Ted bringing themselves back from the future every minute for 10 years to create a huge Bill and Ted army. It went to test screenings and audiences hated it, so a new ending was shot over 10 days instead. Alex Winter also confirmed in a Reddit AMA that they shot scenes for an alternate ending that was never completed. It would have been a car chase between Bill and Ted and all of their fears unleashed from hell. The scenes would end up in the comic book adaptation of Bogus Journey instead. Test audiences also hated the original movie's much darker tone. It was more of a black comedy with really evil, evil robot usses. The evilness of the robot usses was toned down to make them more comically evil as opposed to just really, really super evil. As I mentioned, the working title of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. This title raised concerns about the studio's ability to market the movie. They could only advertise the movie on US network television after nine o'clock if the title contained the word hell. Executives didn't want to run the risk of alienating a larger audience because this was a PG sequel aimed at all ages. And so because of this, the name of the movie was changed to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey which was both less offensive and more reminiscent of the excellent adventure of the previous movie. But I'd argue that Go to Hell leans a lot more into Face the Music, but obviously they didn't know they were making Face the Music back in 1991. I mentioned last episode there was a time when it appeared unlikely that Bill and Ted's excellent adventure would be released. 
The original movie's production company, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, filed for bankruptcy just before it was set to be released. And for a while, it remained in limbo before being acquired by Orion Pictures. Obviously, have a listen to the previous episode, if you haven't, for more about that. But uncannily, Bill and Ted's bogus journey nearly suffered the same fate as its predecessor. Just before the movie's release, Orion Pictures also found itself on the brink of bankruptcy and briefly thought about selling the film to another studio to help with their financial issues. Fortunately, the studio remained in operation long enough to successfully release the movie. Since then, the Orion Pictures name has been revived and the production company helped fund the most recent Bill and Ted Face the Music. When it was released on the 19th of July 1991, it faced literal Judgment Day. And I mean literal Judgment Day, because Terminator 2 Judgment Day had been out for four weeks at that point and it was still doing great business. Bill and Ted's bogus journey had to settle for second place. It dropped to fourth in its second week, eighth in its third, and then by its fourth week, it was out of the top 10. It would end up grossing $38 million from its $20 million budget, so probably just about breaking even. Obviously, the fact that Bogus Journey had its own robots that travelled through time to change the future is also a wonderful little additional homage when going up against James Cameron's time-travelling robot sequel. Unfortunately, critics were mixed on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. While some thought it was funnier than the original, others thought it was overcomplicated and sloppy. It currently sits at 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems kind of harsh, actually. But I'd argue a lot more critically successful than maybe the original version of this sequel where they were travelling through literature probably would have been. Interestingly enough, the idea of Bill and Ted travelling into fiction ultimately did make its way onto the screen, but not in a feature film, but instead in the two television series. They were both named Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. I did mention them last episode as well. Bill and Ted would eventually travel into fiction. The animated series featured a secondary phone booth called Squint, which would allow them to travel into books, TV, and the inner workings of the human body. The live-action show's booth could be hooked up to a cable box, and they used it to enter a soap opera. But ultimately, neither of the two TV shows had the reputation or staying power that the movies did, so maybe going to hell was the right idea. And 29 years later, in 2020, we finally got a grown-up Bill and Ted facing the music with their daughters, Thea and Billy, respectively, which is a story for another episode, as boy did that movie face an uphill battle to get made. While Bogus Journey wouldn't be overall as well-received as Excellent Adventure at the time, retrospectively, it's grown into its own little cult classic, a movie that took the characters from its most excellent first outing and was brave enough to do something different, to lean into horror, to parody an Ingmar Bergman film. It includes an appearance by Faith No More guitarist Jim Martin, references to The Exorcist, a gag in which Bill's stepmom has divorced his dad and married Ted's dad, scenes taking place at the same mall from Back to the Future, and a sequence filmed at the Tillman Water Reclamation Plant in Van Noys, which has served as a setting for the Starfleet Academy in various Star Trek spin-offs. It's fully aware of its own ridiculousness and capitalises on it, but it's also more ambitious, more imaginative, and at its heart just bigger and weirder and all the better for it. The showdown with Death playing Battleship and Twister just will never age. Nor will the sweet sincerity behind the scenes and the fact that the core relationship between Bill and Ted is central to this movie, as it is to the previous one, 
And it's clear both Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are just having an absolute ball playing Evil Bill and Evil Ted. Comedies don't exist like this anymore. Sequels don't exist like this anymore. It's different and that's okay. Be different. It's never been more important to be excellent to each other. There's nothing bogus about that sentiment. And never forget. Station. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And if you have enjoyed this little mini baby episode of the podcast, it is quite considerably shorter, I agree, than most other episodes, but it was something that I wanted to do on a whim and I got this episode together in super quick time. So that's why it's a little bit shorter. But if you have enjoyed this episode and even enjoyed previous episodes of the podcast, then please take a moment to help this podcast grow and reach more people by leaving a rating or review wherever you found this podcast. By finding me and following me on social media, I'm at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads and Letterboxd. Yes, I am still calling it Twitter, by the way. Or simply by telling your friends and family about this podcast. And obviously, if you have enjoyed this episode, but you haven't listened to the previous episode, then I would highly recommend that you do that because that is a full-length episode on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It is episode 220. Please have a listen. Hopefully you will enjoy it. It's got a lot more information in it than this one. But I always get such great feedback about these little mini episodes. I normally call them nanoramas. And, and generally they are a lot easier to produce and put together because they are considerably shorter. But I love doing full length episodes. I love to go deep into the history and legacy of these movies. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode of this podcast, please have a listen. And the next episode, well, it's the same that I said in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The next episode is going to be now next week. And it is going to be an episode on my personal favourite rom-com, the absolutely wonderful, sweet and lovely and life-affirming The Wedding Singer. I can't tell you how much I love that movie. I very much dislike rom-coms. They are not my favourite genre at all. But I absolutely adore the movie. It just makes me smile so much. And I'm really excited to be bringing it to you as the birthday episode this year. The birthday episode is something that I do every year on my birthday. It tends to be a movie that means a lot to me. And it just so happens that my birthday is on a Thursday this year. So regular episode, but also birthday episode as well. As always, a huge thank you to the people who support me on Patreon. None of them knew this was coming either. This is a complete surprise to them as well. But I'm very grateful to their support on this podcast to keep this podcast running. I can't tell you how grateful I am every single day for their support because I know times are especially hard right now for everyone. So those few dollars that I get from those people really do help. Obviously, if you do want to get in touch and you want to say hi, you can do. You can find me on social media, as I said, at Verbal Diorama. But you can also email me, verbaldiorama at gmail.com. And you can find my website at verbaldiorama.com as well. And finally... Our bass player, the Duke of Spooks, the Dr. Shock, man with no tan, please say hello to death himself. The Grim Reaper! You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> Get down with your bed, sir! I love it.
love show business. <laughs> Bye. Concrete chucked in up, chucked in up, nah, chucked in up. <laughs> Joss Ackland as chucked in a mo, chucked in a mo, chucked in a mo. <laughs> what? Why can't I say this word? Chucked in a mo, <laughs>